instances of racism and whatnot I faced growing up. And and again, this is what I say to young black youth all the time is that those those experiences actually give us the resilience to succeed in entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is Andrew Bromfield. And Andrew is the President and Chief Technology Officer at Formative. And Formative is a digital transformation company, and they're moving into talent development. So some overlap with the Humphrey Group that I'm sure we'll have more to talk about there. And beyond his uh, entrepreneurship and professional capacity, he is uh, a board member at 100 Strong. And we were just talking about 100 Strong. It's an academy for young black boys where you seek to change their mindset and in so doing help them advance their goals. And I know that's just the tip of the iceberg with your involvement in, uh, in worthy causes. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You know, just to kind of set the stage for how we came to connect, it's uh, it's the power of LinkedIn. And I think, you know, here we are in Black History Month. So it's uh, you know, the work that you do on 100 Strong. The post that you made caught my attention and led us to having this conversation. Perhaps you could just talk briefly about that post, because I know you said it, it garnered a lot of attention and, and interaction beyond just my reaching out to you. Um, so I've <laughs> I've. I've written several posts along that theme but you know the, the gist of it is you know there's a lot of conversation about um the, the, the black canadian experience uh specifically where it comes to entrepreneurship we saw that the government of canada released the black entrepreneurship ecosystem and so one of the things when that was an- announced that uh, caught my eye was the concept of providing loans right um that that was one of the the mechanisms uh, to to help uh, black organizations get through this pandemic and following, and and I tended to disagree with the approach of a fixed term loan, and the narrative that also accompanied that was this this one of charity. So I saw a number of organizations uh, put together these these competitions where you know you would you would write or submit an application and you would win uh, an amount uh, that they would award you right, and um, and that that, that amount. Um, was was not always uh, raised by the company itself, but actually the the staff members within that company. Um, so it just didn't sit well with me. And, and I started to talk to other black entrepreneurs in my network. And we all agreed that this notion that we are charity cases that need donations uh, was something that, that, yeah, definitely did not resonate with us. We're, we're all very resilient. We're, we're super competitive. Uh, and, and to be honest, we have a, a chip on our shoulder, pride, in that you know we've worked so hard uh, to master our skill set, build our networks. That you know being being seen as we need some sort of charity is is not it. That's not the case for any entrepreneur. Uh, I, I don't know one entrepreneur that has succeeded with a victim mindset. I'm with you, and I think you know two things in your post resonated with me. One is, as an entrepreneur myself, I, I felt you on you know your comment about loans because. It's really about 
as an entrepreneur, we know we build and create something of value and we, we just want the opportunity to deliver that value. So I totally uh, got where you, you were coming from. But I think the second thing that, that intrigued me and resonated with me is, you know, as a company and um, as a, a leader who's passionate about diversity and inclusion, our, my work and then the work of the Humphrey Group has typically been on kind of a large enterprise basis. You know, what, and I guess on this season, talking about, you know, what major Fortune 500 companies are doing to promote diversity and equity and inclusion. But I hadn't really talked with anyone who represented the entrepreneurial voice, you know, the individual um, and how the efforts of a, of a country, for example, were working or not. So that's really what led me to reach out to you to understand the, the perspective of entrepreneurship and black entrepreneurship. Let me ask you to tell your story, you know, because I know you've, you've had an interesting journey to entrepreneurship. It, it wasn't the start and also kind of an interesting journey to develop your own personal philosophy to deal with the adversity every entrepreneur has to deal with. And then, of course, some of the added challenges that black entrepreneurs face. So perhaps take me to the start. Where would you begin? You know, my my story and, and my situation, I have to remind myself that I am blessed uh, to have had the upbringing that I've that I had and, and to be in the environment that I was in. Um, so so that's one thing I have to be cautious of when I do talk about the experience and the black entrepreneurship experience is that I came from a, a family where both my parents were entrepreneurial. Both my parents instilled uh, a lot of confidence in me, supported me, and just gave me the tools to develop the mindset that I have uh, today. So again, I, I recognize that this is not something that is overly common. It's why I built the mentorship platform that I was telling you about earlier in the first place, especially as we look to the future of work. So my story is one where I grew up in a household where uh, my mom was entrepreneurial. She was working um, and, and a partner in different firms, one of which uh, laid down the, uh, the the plumbing installation and, and infrastructure for Canada's Wonderlands. No uh, way. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 main, the main falls at the, at the beginning, right? So that was always yes, I bragging rights I know it, yeah. as, a, as a kid, right? So whenever I had uh, to go there, I had, I had your, your mother's firm <laughs> to thank <laughs> That, that, that's right. So, so yeah. So, so she she went through a number of different businesses, and and she went from there into another company that that uh, sold exotic uh, fish in aquariums, and 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 yeah. So you know, and then she went into to healthcare, and she always had these these management roles. And again, you know, coming from a small island like Barbados, moving first to England, and then coming over uh, to Canada, and just seeing what she did. Uh, was ultra inspiring for me. Uh, my dad, the same thing, uh, had a number of different businesses in the automotive sector. And, and I would work with him, you know, throughout high school. And, and just the, the lessons there, right, is that, you know, I was, I was the boss's son, uh, but I worked the hardest because I didn't want anybody to think that I was given any preferential treatment as the boss's son. So I was the first to get there, the first to leave. I was never not busy. If there was no cars that, you know, for that hour, I'd be sweeping the floors, power washing the floors, changing light bulbs, whatever. And, and that was something that my dad said to me, you, you never are just standing around. There's always something to do. And so, you know, between the two of them, I just developed this work ethic and, and this confidence that, you know, Given given the opportunities I had being born in Canada and raised in that household, given, you know, my dad came from Jamaica, uh, like I said, my mom came from Barbados. So to look at the journey that they 
went through and where they got, there was no excuses for me not to not to take that baton and run further with it. And and that's that's my mindset too with my own kids is that wherever I get to, my kids will take that baton and keep going. And so, you know, my my whole education from you know elementary school to to uh, to, to high school, it was always fixated on what do I need to 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 run a business? What what do I want to do? Right. And, 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 and doing, and, and growing up, I was always tinkering. My dad supported everything. You know, if I wanted a go-kart, he would help me make a go-kart treehouse, whatever. So I was using power tools at like the age of, <laughs> I, I shouldn't even sell. I'll, I'll stop right there. <laughs> well, don't we, want, we don't want you getting in trouble or having your kids say, dad, I heard this interview. <laughs> That's really cool. So you, you had this, you were, you were kind of raised by entrepreneurs and, and you developed that passion, that work ethic and, and uh, that's exciting. And and the last bit of it is the funny thing is is that you know at, at the end of all that when I went to university and I and I worked for a startup and then I switched over to PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, you know, and got through seven interviews or whatever it was to 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 get in there. Uh, when I said you know uh, just under two years later with a promotion that I was I was going to leave and start my own thing, that was the last thing my parents wanted me to do <laughs> because. Because in their eyes, they made all these sacrifices, so I didn't have to sacrifice. And <laughs> How dare you be an entrepreneur <laughs> like us? <laughs> <laughs> That's precisely it, right? And so it was just like, no, we did all this, so you didn't have to do it. You know, so, so I got no support from them when I first embarked on this journey. But after a couple of years, when they saw that I was actually doing it, sticking with it, and I wasn't going to change my mind or my, my focus, uh, they then started to support me in a number of different ways. Um, so again, just to, to say that my upbringing, uh, incredibly blessed. It's why I believe in mentorship so much today and, and try to give back to, to all youth that approach me when it comes to mentorship um, and the programs I'm involved with. Well, and I love, I love that you, you, know, you went to PwC and obviously a fabulous firm, and yet they, they couldn't get the entrepreneur out of you, <laughs> so despite, despite your parents' best hopes and dreams, it, 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 was, uh, it ran too deep. So right. early on, um, so that's great background and kind of the beginning of your, your kind of value system and passion. And when we, when we talked last time, you also share with me that early on shaped your uh, understanding of some of the unconscious or conscious systemic biases that that uh, black people face. Um, can you talk a bit about streaming and, and what that experience was for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, streaming, you know, it, 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 it really sticks out because, you know, everything I've accomplished to date might not have happened if streaming was allowed to take place. So when I was in grade 11, I'm six foot five, I was playing basketball and um, and I think my calculus mark was was seventy four percent or or seventy two percent whatever it was it was better than the one know, I had. To- <laughs> 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 so, so yeah so so um, so so you know I was approached uh, and my parents were approached about me you know changing from advanced courses to to general or basic so I could achieve uh, the A and and my parents uh, having seen uh, my older siblings. Uh, approach that same way, including my my older sister who had more awards. Her wallpaper was was awards, uh, uh, you know, chemistry, bio, you name it. Um, and so 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 you know, they were wise to the fact that okay, this this is a pattern now, um, and and you're not going to do that. 
uh, you're going to stay in advanced courses. And, you know, if you had dropped down to, to basic in general, they, they essentially are taking your option of university away. And that's not an option in this household. You're going to university. So, so you know, they, they advocated for me uh, and, 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 you know, made me knowledgeable to what was going on. And so in that instance, uh, I, was, I, I stopped playing basketball. I quit the team. And I focused on my marks um, and, uh, and making sure that uh, I wasn't approached uh, about, you know, changing courses. And then, you know, later on with a, with a guidance counselor, I distinctly remember, you know, my whole thing was I want to do computer science. I want to I go into computers. That's my passion. Look at my computer science marks in high school. And the funny thing was, was that they were saying, well, no, you'd be better in the trades and, uh, you know, look at, look at your electrical, um, shop marks or, or electrical class marks. And it's like, well, no, I'm saying I want to do computer science. Right. And so for me, it was just like, if I'm telling you, I want to do a, and my marks support it, why are you trying to tell me to do B and there's apps. And I'm just to be clear, I'm not saying anything bad about the trades. All I'm making the point is if I want to go in direction a, why are you staring me in direction B when there's no good reason to do that. Um, and so again, when I look at my peers, I look at how many of us, um, you know, got through high school and ended up in university. The, the, the major difference between me and, and the very small number of us that went on to university was that our parents were wise to the streaming and they all advocated for us. They were all in the office saying, no, that's not happening with our son. That's the only difference between me and a number of others that that didn't go on to university. And so, so do you think that was conscious bias, unconscious bias? What, what, you know, what was your, as you reflect on it today, and as you think about, you know, the kids you mentor through 100 Strong, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I would think, I, w- I would just say that, I would say it's unconscious. I don't, I don't think it was done uh, maliciously. Um, especially with with the math teacher, because I, I, you know, I had a good relationship with him. Um, so I, 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 it's something that I can't explain other than it just happened, right? And 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 so what I would tell uh, any young person, uh, you know, any black young woman or 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 boy uh, is is or man, sorry, is is just you gotta advocate for yourself. You gotta educate yourself on the process. You gotta educate on what certain decisions, uh, what impacts they can have on your life. So, for example, again, being at at, uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time when when I uh, joined the firm, you wouldn't be able to 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 uh, even apply without a university degree. I think a lot of the big four account or the big accounting firms have relaxed that requirement in recent years. Uh, but back, you know, at that time. Uh, that was a prerequisite. There was no getting around it, right? So again, that one decision to change from advanced to general in one course would have derailed my whole path. Um, and so to me, that's frightening. And that's what I educate um, you know, young people on is that you, you have to understand the ramification, long-term ramifications mm-hmm. of the actions and, and decisions you make today. When you got to PwC, did did you face any of this unconscious bias there? No, I, I would say that I, I didn't, I, I was, um, yeah, I, I, I was treated very well. I didn't feel that, um, you know, that I was, I was, I was black or, or a minority, like none of that really 
came into mind. I was treated with the utmost respect. I was groomed by by folks who I highly respected, took me under their arm. So so the only thing that that you know would creep into my mind was that you know I remember even when I was when I was leaving the firm and and just the whole notion of this this concept of I could go anywhere in the firm. But then looking at the wall of partners or looking at the directory of partners and not seeing anybody that looked like me, right? And who knows, maybe I, I could have became partner, but it was just a risk I wasn't willing to take. Um, and so I left. And, and so it's funny because, you know, my ambition when I was in university, I kept telling people, oh, I want to be a chief technology officer. That's my goal. Um, and so when I left PricewaterhouseCoopers and started Formative, I gave myself the title chief technology officer and right. and, and that was easy. <laughs> Done. You made it. <laughs> but, that, but that's right. really interesting to, to just um, tap into that. So you were, you were an organization that really demonstrated uh, support, engagement and commitment to your development. And yet there were no visible uh, minorities in the leadership roles who you could look to and say, I see myself there. Did that cause you the question uh, your future. And, and the reason I ask is that we often talk about the need to have representation to create clarity. So I, I'd be, I'd love your, your personal perspective on that. Yeah. For me, it's always been the case that seeing is, is believing and perception is reality, right? So if, if I'm there and I don't see it, I don't see black partners, then that statement, you could go anywhere you want in the firm didn't resonate. And again, it could have been true. I could have been the one who who made it. Um, but uh, to me, it was just like, life is short, and I just don't want to take the risk, right? Uh, in terms of, you know, um, going down this path and then finding out that there was a glass ceiling, right? And and so again, great firm. It could have been all in my head. I had, uh, you know, at a previous company, I had the microaggressions. And again, for me, it's like, I I... It's funny. I say, you know, microaggressions, any kind of disrespect, any kind of um, lower expectations to me is food. I eat it, right? And it's and I turn into Popeye. It's like spinach. <laughs> right? Take it and then just that, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it, right? So so for me, it's like when I get those those when those instances happen, it just made me say, I'll, I'll prove you wrong. I'll prove you wrong, and 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 really, you know commit to it so you left pwc you're chief technology officer you're an entrepreneur now and talk to me about your early experience what was it like starting as an entrepreneur having left a big firm so so the the the, the benefit of of actually going to the big firm was that that was uh, a huge boost of 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 uh reassurance for the clients that I had initially, right? Is and, and in fact, um, you know, some of, some of my clients came from uh, the spouses of people I worked with oh, at really? PwC. Oh, so cool. not not PwC clients directly, but you know, they had a spouse. Uh, someone I worked with had a spouse who was looking for a technology platform, and and that was one of our first projects is that we built that platform for them, uh, and that was down in the states. Um, so, so it, it really helped, uh, in terms of just giving me the, the credibility, the pedigree, uh, to be able to, to go out on my own. And again, so this is something when I talk to young people, um, you know, this notion that we can, we can do the Bill Gates thing where we just 
right? Drop right. out of school, I, start a that's company. It. That's it. And and so I tell them like, listen, you have to get that 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 pedigree. You gotta build a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it serves two purposes: is that if if your business doesn't work out, then you can go back and and start a, a career, um, you know, uh, in the workforce. Um, and then the second thing it does is uh you know it, it 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 gives you the connections the 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 confidence uh the know-how the professional salesman everything uh, to be able to go on your own and like i said then you've got that fallback plan so um yeah so for me that was that was huge what what were the big challenges of starting up um so i think so again when i started up there was none of the startup culture None of these accelerators and even the concept of VC and all that stuff was was kind of mute. It's kind of like that there was no lean startup. You just you just bootstrapped it. That was just the way you built a business, right? So so there was nothing for me to compare to in terms of oh I didn't get VC funding or anything like that. Um, and and again, uh, it, it, you know I've I've worked with customers of 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 all backgrounds and all races and know for a fact. Getting VC funding is not hard. You have to knock on hundreds of doors before that happens. So, so for me, starting off, I think that um, I, I think honestly, it would have been just like any other entrepreneur starting off. And and the advantage that I had was that I had um, you know a, a nice resume to go along with um, what I was selling that backed up that I could do what I was saying I could do. And so now you're you're a successful entrepreneur. You've got you've got the business. Um, what lessons would you share? Like, what's your philosophy for people who are uh, starting a firm, or even someone who's like a, adopting an entrepreneurial mindset in a firm? Uh, I'd love kind of your what would be your philosophy uh, that's enabled you to be successful? Yeah. So I I think it, it just comes back to the whole notion of your mindset. Uh, having a growth mindset, not being fixed, understanding that things change and they can change on a dime. And everything is a learning experience. So good or bad, it's a learning experience that prepares you for uh, something else, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you you don't buy a security system oftentimes until your house is burglarized, right? Um, (laughs) And and, and in business, you don't don't create that bid governance process until you get burned um, (laughs) (laughs) by by the wrong wrong, uh, client engagement. Uh, So I I, I think that, you know, to, 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 um, you know, go into this thinking that you're not going to make mistakes, there's not going to be failures is a big mistake right there. So, uh, on the mindset, it's it's growth, being able to accept that, you know, things didn't turn out the way that you expected and how do you pivot. Uh, but then the other thing is is resilience. And I think, funny enough, you know, the, 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 the instances of racism and whatnot I faced growing up, and, and again, this is what I say to young black youth all the time, is that those, those experiences mm-hmm. actually give us the resilience to succeed in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we have naturally a tough skin. If you can develop one, if you can take those instances and constantly rationalize in your head that it's not everybody, it's it's a minority of folks. This is this is earth, not heaven. We're not going to fix it or get rid of it. Um, so you just got to deal with it. Right. And 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 there's different reasons for why people, um, you know, adopt those those views and, and whatnot. And 
I don't know what they are in all cases, but mm-hmm. I can actually empathize that there's an underlying reason mm-hmm. why this person now has these views. Um, and so that's very uh, mature of you, very mature of you to, in giving in the in the face of of uh, negative views. Do you, do you face you mentioned as a as a youth? Do you as an entrepreneur, a black entrepreneur in Canada today, continue to face racism? I don't think I do. Um, to be honest. Uh, mm. and, and again, I'm not here saying that it doesn't exist right. and the world is perfect. Right. I just think that, and it could also be my mindset, right? One of the things mm-hmm. I said in that post that you referenced was that, listen, the way that me and my black entrepreneurial colleagues look at the marketplace is that it's 7.8 billion hmm. people, hmm. right? And, and so it's global. Uh, it's not like the kind of businesses that my parents did where they're local businesses. Right. We we can go anywhere on this planet mm-hmm. looking to offer or provide our services. So when when you're when you when you've got that outlook, it's just like stay away from the people yeah, who don't just, like you. Just move right? towards the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> that that's yeah. it. And 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 you'll find that there's a ton of people that will accept and re- and respect you uh, for what you provide. And, and be, in the words today, a, a great ally. I mean, some of the experience I've had, I've, I've been uh, opening bell for the NASDAQ, right? My, my image has been broadcasted in so Times cool. Square. So right. cool. <laughs> I had a person, I, I used to play basketball, and I had a personal meeting uh, with David Stern. Oh, yeah, we've uh, got to talk about this one because yeah. you, you had the dream to be drafted, right? <laughs> no, other people had the dream oh, for other me people to be had drafted. The dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, so the funny thing is, I was one of, I was that kid that played absolutely everything: baseball, capture the mm-hmm. flag, you name it. Mm-hmm. And then in grade eleven, I went from like five foot eight to six foot five <laughs> over that summer. So I came back to school in grade 11 at six foot five and I was constantly flagged in the halls as a visitor. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's me. It's I'm Ed still Jabarco. here. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so, so it's funny because, you know, at, at, at grade 11 and you hit this growth spurt, mm-hmm. first of all, you got to, you got to get your coordination back. So, mm-hmm. so me going to the NBA was not going to happen, but everybody thought, <laughs> You know, everybody around me was like, oh, if I had your height, if I had your height, you know, I would have, right? So so you heard right. that and, and people would always say, even to this day, how come you didn't play in the NBA? So when I had that meeting with, with David Stern in his office, um, it was just surreal that I'm actually sitting across and having a conversation with the the, the, the person who, uh, if I if I was good enough to get into the NBA, it would be a totally different interaction where I'd be shaking his hand and uh, just you know, gleeful about the multi-million dollar contract <laughs> <laughs> that I was going to get for playing the game I loved. Um, so, so I never ask uh, folks for for selfies or, or pictures or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so the only exception was this when I said, you know, Mr. Stern, because <laughs> um, he, he, you know, obviously he saw my height and whatnot. And I said, right. listen, I said, I, I, you know, I got a lot of heat from family and friends for for not uh, being drafted, not being good enough to, to to enter the NBA draft. So, you know, is it possible that I could get that that draft day picture with you? And, <laughs> and so he obliged, and we took the photo, uh, and it and it was great. Um, and then, then and you so, say, yeah, and now so, that now that you've given me the photo, can you give me the contract too? <laughs> that, that, well, that's right. That's right. So, that's right. so yeah. So, so it's funny because you know, just in that. 
you know, the, the introductions that people made for me and whatnot, you don't make those introductions if, if you have a problem with race, right? And, and, and so, you know, for me, I think my whole thing was just to find people that uh, would like to work with me, I would like to work with them. And, uh, you know, and, and again, my whole thing too, is, is just, you know, you said it's very forgiving, or, or I can't remember the words that you use, but this whole how you perceive things, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the, the follow up po- posts that I made um, was was one in which I said, listen, you know, going out for my what I love most about going out for my 5am runs. Mm-hmm. is when uh, the, the the nods and gestures that I get from other we exchange with mm-hmm. other joggers up at that time mm-hmm. right and if I pass a jogger and I wave or I give the gesture and I get nothing back mm-hmm. I don't say oh that person's clearly a racist right. I say that person is in a zone right. I've been in a zone before where I just I'm oblivious to what's around me and good for that person for being in that zone totally right? and, and, and so that's how it comes down to me in business as well is that, you know, there are certain instances and whatnot and it, and it doesn't serve me any, any good, whether it's true or not, it doesn't serve me any good to then, you know, um, inflict pain on myself in that, oh, that happened because the person doesn't like me because of the color of my skin. It does no purpose. Um, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't pivot to it's that. It's true. Um, and, you know, so often, you know, we make inaccurate judgments. I mean, I'm white, so I don't worry about someone perhaps making a, um, ignoring me due to the color of my skin, but I ride, I ride bikes. I'm a big cyclist. And so there's kind of a custom, much like you refer to in running is when you ride past another cyclist, you're going one way, they're going your way, you wave. And quite often, you know, all people won't wave back. And so I think, oh, that that person, you know, just kind of being rude or whatever. And then I talked to my one of my friends said, you realize that a lot of people can't physically take their hands off the bars. Mm, <laughs> they just right. can't do it. I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought about that. So maybe they're not, you know, give, giving me the finger. They just can't do that. Right. I, I want to dig into one last topic, and you mentioned it. It's allyship. Mm-hmm. You, so there are people listening who want to be better allies. I think one of the things this last year has shown is that we all need to be allies to support and further the, you know, the cause of anti-racism. So what would be your, your biggest piece of advice to people who want to step up their allyship? Right. So I, I think it would just be to consider, you know, a, a, a wider range of, of vendors when you're putting out a bid. So going back to what we originally started with the loan, I guess my summary of that is that we don't have a debt problem we have a revenue problem right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. and, and so right so if you're a struggling black entrepreneur or one that's hit hard times because of this pandemic debt isn't the answer it's revenue right so so for me if you want to fix that problem and you're and you're genuine about it then look at procurement if you're the government if you're a private organization and f- instead of putting together these one-time grants that that come with the the re- quest to have an announcement that you received this grant from from that organization let me let me if, if you're smart enough to know about how business works and marketing and whatnot then you know that a seventy-five thousand dollar grant that gets a lot of press is the cheapest ad campaign right. you could run <laughs> and, and that's exactly how we look at it so that's why we say it's insulting and we see through it right but contrary to that if, if a company says, you know what, we are going to, you know, we, we go to the same vendors all the time for these services, that's human nature. And, and I'm not going to fault people for human nature. But if you broadened 
your your viewpoint or, or your selection of companies or vendors that are bidding on a particular project or a certain service, then then you know that's all we're asking for, right? The is, opportunity. Is to be given that the opportunity, because here's what the opportunity does: it gives you a chance to earn revenue, which mm-hmm. we love to do because mm-hmm. it puts the value of what we've worked so hard to acquire skills wise. So that's rewarding that we're actually getting recognized for our talent. So that's number one. But more importantly, uh, number two, it gives us a record of past performance. And that's what the most important thing is in business is if I'm going and I'm trying to get uh, a bank as a client, they're going to ask me what other banks mm-hmm. have you worked with or what other financial institutions have you worked with uh, to give us the confidence that you know we'll mm-hmm. be able to you'll be able to fulfill this contract. So instead of charity where it's a one time you burn through the money and you haven't increased your revenue, uh, if 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 the opportunity is that you know contracts and opportunities to 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 bid and win contracts, then you are doing exactly what we need, which is producing or, or allowing us to generate revenue and get that, you know, super valuable record of past performance. I love it. I think the opportunities, um, and you look at the opportunity, you got PwC, which validated the opportunity for the mm-hmm. clients you had, and now it just becomes a virtuous cycle. So yeah, gr- yep. gr- great feedback and, um, and great insights. And look, your story, it's, it's a powerful story, you know, both what you've achieved, but I think more impressively, the mindset with which you do it and how you're obviously sharing that with, with the next generation. Uh, uh, so I want to thank you for coming. But the last thing I'll ask you is um, you've mentioned 100 Strong. Uh, if people want to support that organization, are you looking for support? And if so, uh, how can they learn about that and, and get involved? Oh, definitely. So uh, you can visit the website 100strong.ca. Uh, we actually have a, a, a interesting event um, for Black History Month uh, on February 26th. Uh, we'll be having uh, an event with Balarama Holness uh, from Ottawa, um, and so uh, he's a, he's an up and coming politician. And it and again, it's his story that uh, is 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 just incredible uh, to see his journey where he where he came from, where he is now. And yeah, and so that's what, you know, 100 Strong does is that we're, we're there to help change the mindset of these young black boys as they navigate the education system and look at careers. Um, again, if your only exposure or your exposure is limited to the different careers that exist and the people that look like you that are in those careers, uh, chances are that you probably won't, you know, trend towards those careers. So it's all about exposing these young boys uh, to the different, many different careers that exist and introducing them to people that look like them who have excelled in these careers. Uh, and, and it's such a rewarding process. Like I said, a lot of those boys uh, are now, you know, given scholarships to schools like Crescent, etc. cetera. So, um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's the key, you know, I'll just say this too, that one of the biggest things uh, that the education system I've found has done um, to young black boys especially is, is, is attack the confidence at a very early age. So we, we develop these things that we're not good at math, we're not good at this, we're not good at that. Um, again, just in, in how the education system deals with it. I think every black young boy has, has, has been given the, the diagnosis of uh, ADHD. Um, <laughs> whether, you know, <laughs> right, right. So I, so I think, you know, that the key is restoring that confidence 
Uh, and again, that's that's what I run on, right? And and you know, not to be confused with arrogance, um, is just having the confidence that I work really hard to master the skill set mm-hmm. and continually master the skill set I have, so I shouldn't you know doubt myself uh, or or hide in a corner. Well, it's a powerful narrative, and I'm glad that uh, you've shared it today. I'm I'm coming away inspired. So Andrew, so glad we that's connected on LinkedIn, and uh, and we'll put a link to 100 Strong in the uh, in the podcast notes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andrew Bromfield. As an entrepreneur, I just love having discussions with fellow entrepreneurs, hearing about what prompted them to kind of leave the well-trodden path behind and take on risk and what they enjoyed, what the challenges are. And Andrew's story certainly um, was uh, one that resonated with me. And, uh, and of course, you know, not only did Andrew have the usual challenges of being an entrepreneur, but as he described, there are additional barriers that persons of color face. And um, I'm just inspired by the guidance he's provided to being an ally, as well as some of the ways he's giving back. And we'll put links to those in our show notes. Uh, Next time on the podcast, I bring another entrepreneur on, an old friend of mine named Ronan Levy. And Ronan has had a a wild uh, career over the years from corporate law to um, a whole host of uh, other uh, professions. And it's culminated in him now being the co-founder and chairman of Field Trip Health, a growing uh, publicly traded psychedelics company. So it's a great discussion about pursuing what is true to you and the success that can come from it. I hope you uh, tune in and enjoy that podcast. Uh, If you are enjoying Inspire, please rate and review it. Uh, Always helps us get the word out and uh, look forward to having you back next time.